Hi guys, I'm André Villas-Boas, listening to Echoes of Glory. And don't forget, whatever happens, the future is bright, the future is lily white. Come on, your spurs. Welcome to Echoes of Glory, Season 12, Episode 10. I'm ASD. I'm Chris. And I'm Jack. A great week. All in all, great week. Yesterday's game was great after people starting to get worried about the joyless football actually yesterday was pretty good uh i don't think we were ever going to lose that game chris what do you think no i didn't think we were going to lose it in fact i would have liked to have win it a more sort of comprehensively because actually we were saying before the game what we really wanted was to make lampard cry um and sadly we didn't quite manage that you know you saw him in his in his post-match press post-match interview he said you know we were playing a champions league team and you could see it and we weren't good enough but we're better than last year and all that kind of stuff and actually i what i really wanted was him weeping but look jokes aside the first half was a bit flat actually and you sort of wondered what you know where it was going to come from but you also i almost thought do we need to go a goal behind like we did in the week to give us a good kick because I thought we were t- the week was so much fun. That game against Frankfurt was so much fun. Yeah. You know, like the fact that you could have Harry could miss a pen and it didn't matter. It's incredible in the Champions League. I don't think I've ever seen him live miss a penalty before. So no. He missed one recently, didn't he? But it was yeah, away. Yeah. And I don't think I was there. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so that was good fun. But, you know, like yesterday, it just, like you said, it didn't look like we were ever going to lose that game. And you knew after scoring one that we would score another. And mm. I'm really pleased for Pierre because I think he's having a magnificent season. Yeah. Um, and in fact, the two of them seem to love like playing together. And, you know, the first, it was a ball from Rodrigo to Pierre. And he was the first person he celebrated with, mm. you know. And uh, shout out to Giles for the excellent picture of him saluting that he sent us. Um, so yeah, I was it was really good. Really enjoyed the week, and what I also particularly enjoyed was um, after they play Glory Glory Tottenham Hotspur. I guess because it's a win, they then play Oh What a Night, and obviously on Wednesday yeah, night we all went out singing uh, the alternative version of Oh yeah. What a Night. So yeah, very good, very good. I mean, there's so many individual bits to it. Might as well talk about Hoiberg first. I mean, he's he's just having a brilliant season. Is it the system or is he just getting used to us? What what's going on, Jack? I think I think firstly he's a he's a very very talented individual player. I think you can mm. strip back sort of tactics and you know the game plan and all of that, but like he's very very good at what he does. Like I don't think his his forward passing gets anywhere near the credit that it should get, and he doesn't play that many. But when he does, he always seems to pick the right moment to do it. Um, you can tell is that he, that he's a player that's come through at Bayern Munich when Pep was there because his his appreciation of the game is so clear. Like he very rarely gets caught out of position. Like he's just quite a smart player and. He seems to he seems to know what he is. And by that, I mean, you know, you get a lot of players that like, oh, you know, you can't do certain things, but they still try it. And very rarely, actually, does he do you see him doing something that makes you go, what are you trying that for? You haven't got that in your locker. Um, so I think firstly, like he's a very talented player. I actually really like that when we've got that extra body in the midfield and it, it frees him up a little bit because he's so good at winning the ball back. And like the ground that he covers, him and Bentoncourt actually, they, they cover so much ground in the middle of the park. And when he's freed up a little bit to just engage another 10 yards higher up the pitch, 
I think you'd see us much more on the front foot. Really, what we do, you know, that first 30 odd minutes at Brighton last week, where I wasn't on last week, but I thought we played really, really well in that first half. And um, we did press and we were on the front foot and we had more territory. And I think if you can find a way of freeing Hoibs up a little bit to go and do that, then that would be fantastic. Um, Basuma was brilliant, by the Hang way, on as well. one second. Hoibs. 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 I like it. <laughs> yeah. Hoibs. Good. Good. Yeah, we both yeah, caught yeah, the face there that. and I was like, this is this is surely got to catch on, though. Yeah, yeah, um, Hoibs, I like that. But um, Hoibs has been great. Um, Basuma, but I thought Basuma done really well against Everton when he actually came in. And I thought that was, it felt like, a, oh, when Richarlison went down with his injury, you thought, oh, not another one. But um, actually, Basuma coming in, I thought it gave us a lot more balance in the middle of the park when that happened. Um, so to actually answer your, your question, Esther, yeah, I do think that, you know, the way that Conte plays does suit him, does suit Hoibs. Um but individually, I think he could slot into any team and sort of play any kind of midfield role and he'd look good. For 15 mil, what a signing. And there's still people yeah. that don't like him and it'll always be like that. But for 15 mil, what we're actually getting out of him is way, way more than what most of us expected. Yeah, and that changed. Do you think we need to play that? It gets a bit boring, but we moved immediately to that 3-5-2 as soon as Basuma came on. And we just looked better. Like Everton had a zero XG in the second half like they were never ever ever going to score and there's loads of factors in that but it just felt like it just worked like I'd much rather one of the mm. two of them Benteke and um, Hoiberg were a bit more forward to be a bit more creative I still feel there's space yeah. for a creative midfielder in there somewhere but it was it just seemed strong but also very forward which we haven't seen in a while yeah. I do think that's important but I, I often feel like when I watch us that in the second half, we always seem to, and this might just be me, we always seem to play better in second halves of games. It always seems like we need something to happen to get us going. Either that, that's either going behind, like you said, Chris, or a Conte team to, or something. But I often think in the second half of games, our wing backs are wing backs and they're not full backs. And they're just 15 yards higher up the pitch. And you saw that against Everton, like... Perisic, who I thought had another really, really good game. Doherty was outstanding. But in that second half against Everton, they were like comfortably in the Everton half. Whereas a lot of the time, I feel like we do become a back five. And I don't know if switching to that three, um, three man midfield is what allows us to do that. Or if it's just let's be a little bit more aggressive when we haven't got the ball and try and get up the pitch. But I just always think when our wing backs are high and wide, that's when we look at our absolute best. But it's maybe not exactly what Conte wants all the time, because if you play like that, obviously you are leaving a lot of space in behind. But I, I just think when, when we do that and we can pin teams in a little bit more and you've got the quality of especially Perisic on that left hand side, like his delivery is mm. um, and he's so two footed, isn't he? Um, he's just he, he, he looks like a real classy player. He's been really, really good to watch the last few games. I mean, he is, though, isn't he? He's, he's like a proper, you know, he's a winner. And he knows what he's doing there. And I like that we're using him sparingly because he is like 33 or whatever. So I think that's really important. But I was worried about Richie. Yeah. And he, he came out, he was crying afterwards. Because yeah, I guess missed the World Cup. Yeah, I guess, you know, and he is Brazil's. No- Imagine being Brazil's number nine and then mm. getting injured a month before the World oh, Cup. Damn. I mean, that is going to be heartbreaking. He's had calf problems before, isn't he, at Everton, which kept him out for a couple of months. And it's just, you know what you feel. That would be Especially brutal. a World Cup where that Brazil squad is so good, isn't it? Like, they've got a real good chance, Brazil, of winning it. Like, you just think, oh, that'd be awful for him to miss it. 
Yes, but and that the attacking talent in that team is ridiculous. Like he's very easy to replace. That's the problem. It's not like he just walks back in. There's a there's fifteen other players who can play in that. Yeah, so we I mean there's that report that came out during the game yesterday that he gives ten percent of his salary to um institutes that house people going through cancer treatment and stuff. He just seems like an all round good guy. He's a good guy, yeah. yeah. Which we need to see more of in football. Uh on the radio so I listened on the radio because I had to do some stuff. They were saying, oh, it's not a penalty. It shouldn't have been a penalty. And then 6.06, uh, Chris Sutton just was going off on one about how Kane was a diver. He just needs to be known as a diver now. That's just his title. And the, if you have a look at the 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 replay, he gets his ankle tapped and then um, Pickford wipes him out. So I, it's just a bit of a disgrace by the BBC. I love the BBC normally, but it just there was no way it wasn't a penalty. Well, you and can't blame the BBC though. It's Chris Sutton, Chris Sutton. and they're not—they're not, they're not going to censor him while he's talking. That's what he's there for—is to give like a controversial opinion. But you're right, and actually, you saw Jordan Pickford. He didn't get—he he wasn't like cross or thought this is really out of order because he knew he caught—he he knew he caught him. I just think as well in football, there's a difference between diving and being clever. And what Kane does a lot of the time is he gets his body in a position where it makes the defender have to do something. And mm. it was a definite it's a definite penalty to pick for one. Like you can always tell by players' reactions if it's a penalty or not. And not one of those Everton players appealed it. And it's yeah. just like the game basically just stopped because everyone knew it was a pen. Um, but I think Kane is really good at creating moments in the box where defenders feel like they need to make a challenge. And like that's not diving. That's a smart play and I think most attacking players if you went back through you'd find a clip of them diving at some point like most of them do it Um, but I think to tarnish Kane with that label is a bit harsh because I think a lot of the time he is just smart he puts his body in positions where defenders that are then you know they either have to let him have the ball in the box or they'll lunge in and most of the time they lunge in and he gets a penalty Um, it does feel like we've had a lot of pens this season though I don't know what you think it feels like most games I watch we have a penalty. I don't know what the stats are, but... but I guess we play on the break a lot, which means we're playing behind defenders, right? And there's a lot of pressure on defenders to make mistakes. I also think we've made a lot of mistakes recently as well. Like Hugo is noticeably making a few mistakes and Dyer's made a few mistakes. It's just like the last two games we've made mistakes. Frankfurt, there was mistakes to let in them. And we let in Bray uh, on the weekend and someone else as well. It's just that's a little bit worrying, I feel. Whatever, whatever. Um, I don't <laughs> it was know, a cracking just... win, though. It's a cra- it was a cracking win. Like Everton as well, whilst going forward, and Anthony Gordon obviously wasn't there, and they're heavy, heavily reliant on him, not not necessarily for goals and assists, but just to make moments happen for them. So it was obviously a plus him not being there. Um, but we were going up against an Everton team that's statistically one of the best defenses in the league. Like they don't, they haven't conceded many goals this year. I think it was nine going into the game, which put them mm. in the top two or three defenses. So it it wasn't going to be an easy game in terms of you're breaking down a team that actually have defended for large parts of the season and are quite comfortable doing that. So I do think we need a little bit of credit on the fact that, especially in the second half, we did create a lot of chances and it did feel like we were going to score more. Um, I didn't really think Everton offered a great deal of threat. And I thought that the 
them trying to play us on the break and play those balls in behind, I actually thought Ben Davis dealt with it. It's because a lot of those balls were down, were in his channel. I thought he mm. dealt with it very, very well. Um, he made it look like it was nothing, but his positioning was so good. He must have intercepted some counterattacks at least three or four times in the game. So I thought it was really, really good for him to come back in because he's, he's been a bit in and out lately as well. And it's mm. always... You always, it's always a little bit more nervy when you're changing centre backs and full back, and you know that that defence you want a set defence. So I think he did really well coming back in, but we just didn't let Everton really do anything in the final third. Um, and it, like you say, St, it just felt it felt very comfortable. And I probably would say watching Spurs this season, there haven't been that many games defensively where I've felt we could play, we could be playing all night, and we're not going to concede. But the weekend did feel like it was one of those. Yeah, I think the concern is is just making sure that we've got two. So if we do get a sucker punched, because we're just happily defending. Because I think that's the thing, is like we're happily defending, soaking up the pressure, and they really didn't look like scoring. But the worry is, is that we have been caught out at least once this season where we just get sucker punched at the end. And that's not what you want. So yeah. the second goal going in was the thing that really made me relax, even though they didn't look like scoring. Mm. Um, you know, well, so, you never know with Spurs, do you? And from Wednesday night being being three one up and they're down to ten, you're thinking, oh, that's going to be a comfortable. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you're hanging on at the death, and you're thinking, this is proper Spurs. This for me, that was a four one game. Really, it just two little things happened, which could have gone like they were dice rolls, and they just happened to go the other way. We we weren't losing that game, even though we went one 0 down. I just, we weren't losing that goal. That Champions League group's been mad though, isn't it? With like. Yeah. Like after the first couple of games, we were all like all sporting a, the team to there. And like if we beat them, was it in ten days' time or whatever? They're out. They're so out. So like it's through. been a real strange group, isn't it? In terms of like everyone just wrote Marseille off after the first game, didn't they? They were like, oh, they're terrible. They've put some results together. So it's actually been the group that I think we when we previewed it at the start of the season that we thought it was going to be, where like actually any of those teams could go through and any of those teams can go out and it can be a dangerous group, but we've put ourselves in a really good position for it now, which is brilliant. What Just happens like, if we draw? I'm looking at the group draw? now. So if we draw against Sporting, we go up to eight points. They go up to seven. So nothing really, because we've got Marseille on six, Frankfurt on four points. So it's still, really, it's still on the balance, but we are in control because we've got a home leg against Marseille, haven't we? No, we've got to go away to Marseille. No, sorry, oh, sorry, to Marseille. sorry, sorry, sorry. Away we to need to beat Sporting, really, because I think if we draw and then Marseille beat Frankfurt, Frankfurt will be gone. But then it Marseille would be above it, us. Marseille, Marseille will be above us and we'd go into that last game. Then knowing like, if we slipped up, Sporting are probably going to beat Frankfurt and you could end up going out. So mm. it is it is that Sporting game really is a must win for us just to absolutely because Marseille away will not be easy. That will be an atmosphere that will be, be very, horrible, very difficult to yeah. play in. So we, we I, I don't want us having that if it, if it's the case of you go there needing to get something to get through, you, it's just dangerous territory. On another note, did you see how expensive those Marseille away tickets were? No. Sixty-one pounds. That's about. I mean, I'm I'm not I'm not happy with the cost of football at the moment because I've been looking into going. I just I can't afford it at the moment. I, I might just have to go to Stevenage because I just can't afford it, Spurs at the moment. Come watch me at ASD, it's free entry. Yeah, but it costs to my life. <laughs> watch the women's team. I do, but they, again, they're like, they're so far away now. It's just, it's, oh, I, I do watch the women's. I, I went, I think, three times last season. I know it's not much, but it's it's more than nothing. Um, it's good fun today. 
But um, yeah, it was it is expensive. And I thought um, I saw Martin Cloak saying something on Twitter saying there were seven thousand empty seats, um, and that actually if you'd done something with the pricing policy, you might have ended up with more yeah. bums on seats. Yeah, it was it was you could buy tickets on the day for Frankfurt again. I mean, I remember Champions League in the past where you just like they sold out in seconds, you know, and it, just a nightmare. Yeah, Tottenham women, massive game against Liverpool, big one 0 win. It was really good actually. I mean, the first half. We were great. It was like yeah. proper expansive football. We hit the put, you know, like great two two lots of woodwork. We had ten shots on goal, by all accounts. And actually, it would have been better to go in because it got a little bit nervy at the end. You know, like they really, it was a lot scrappier in the second half. I wasn't really paying that much attention, so Liverpool must have changed shape. Mm-hmm. And um, and actually, they were really going at us, but we defended like really resolutely. Actually, you know, not dissimilar to what we've just been saying about the men's team. And we just, you know, like you could sort of, you know, our midfielder Evelina Sumanen won every single header. Like everyone that came in, she was just like knocking them away. And and you know, we made a few good, cha- you know, challenges. You know, for players coming through, they put on a couple of players with some real pace at about 70 minutes and that was hard because they'd worked really hard our team but actually we put on some fresh legs as well and but it was it was a really really good win it was a really really good win and very pleased with a little song that I made up as well so the goal scorer (laughs) goal scorer was called Celine Bizet right and so of course because she's called Celine I thought about my heart will go on (laughs) so we we managed near far wherever you are I believe that Celine will score goals very good yeah I um I in amateur dramatics I did a dance to that uh which right. was choreographed by my mum where I was it was from the you horse got video? His, no it was from the horse and his book no, no horse and his boy the C.S. Lewis one of the Narnia books where I was strawberry the horse and I was wearing <laughs> my mum's fleece and we put homemade wings attached to it on the back narrated to that um how old I, were you well, 25 oh, yeah, it was teenage years, so it wasn't. But it was just something I did, like everyone, oh, okay. you know. That's amazing. I, a, I feel I like got... there's an e- there's an Echoes of Glory talent show in the <laughs> here, isn't there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, none of us would do making podcasts. <laughs> um, I was going to say talk about because I was thinking about things to talk about, and I was going to say, oh, you know, it was nice to see DJ Spence and Skip, but they came on the ninety third minute, so there's not much not much to talk about there. Uh let's talk about our fixtures coming up. Man United on Wednesday. I think they're very beatable. Very, very beatable. They are, they are. And it is probably of of recent years one of the most confident I've been with us going there. But I mean you've only got to look back at our record at Old Trafford and it's hardly uh it's hardly good. Um, I really wanted to avoid saying on this week's podcast that I'd be happy with a draw because uh, that's normally what I say every time we come to the upcoming fixtures. But um, it would be a real statement for us to go there and win. Mm. Like, it really, really would. And it's like the, it's the only sort of probably slight question mark that anyone would have on us so far this season is that in the, the bigger, the tougher games that we've had away from home, we haven't, we haven't got any wins yet. Obviously, drew at West Ham, drew at Chelsea and, and we're beating at Arsenal. So it would be a great statement to go there and win. But... You know, United away is always a tough game. It's, it doesn't matter how bad they've been of recent years. Like It's still a tricky place to go there and win. So it's not going to be easy, but you've got to be positive going into it, thinking they're not great at the back. Like They're still a team in transition. They're good one week, they're terrible the next. So it's like, I do think a lot of it depends on what type of night do we catch United on? Because they still do have a lot of 
very, very talented attacking players. Um, so who knows? But I'm confident we can go there and score goals. I think that's the big thing. So if we can continue being quite defensively solid, we've got a chance. But we're going to have to play. Well, it'll be one of those games we won't be able to go there and put in a six out of ten to win. We're going to have to be right at it from from the first whistle if we want to get the result. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is like it is a good time to play United because obviously they have been bad. I mean, we've been thoroughly enjoying it in my uh, in my family because obviously they've been, they've played a Cypriot team now twice yeah, in the Europa poor. League. Mm. And, you know, and only managed an injury time winner from Tomenay of all yeah. players at the in the week. So, you know, it is a good time to play them. But I think it's exactly as Jack said, it's never it's never that straightforward because it's us against Manchester United. So I think there is a difference there when it's us against Manchester United because they play against Armonia. We've seen this millions of times with Spurs. You're playing a team like Armonia and you're like, you think just by turning up and playing in a Manchester United shirt that somehow you've won. And those teams don't let you do that, but they won't do that against us. Having said all of that, we are better than them. So... You know, I don't. Again, I don't mind how we do it. It can it can go in off Oliver Skip's thigh in the ninety second minute. As long as we come back with the three points, I don't mind how we get them. Well, will we have Kulusevski back? There's some. There were talks He's of him maybe for Everton. He's meant to be but, back. Is it? Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. whenever we do get him back in, that will be a huge boost though for us. Yeah. Because he is such a good player, and like I actually think, considering how important he has been since we got him in January. We've we've done really well without him in this period, these few games that we have, because it is almost we almost haven't really noticed it too much. Mm. Um, so I've, you know, Richarlison, all the players that have been coming in have done well, but we we need to get him back fit. Um, I feel like the Everton game at the weekend would have been a great one for him anyway, because it was you know they were defending deep, and he's really smart, isn't it, linking play. So if if there's any chance, even if, if him off the bench on Wednesday, that would be massive. We've had some great victories down there. I was just thinking about. The one I just looked it up, the three two in Fergie the years that you know, Vertongan, Bale, Dempsey. Dempsey. Yeah. Uh and they I think it was Kagawa and Was Nani that when A V B was the manager? Yeah. yeah, but Vertongan for some reason in like the sixth minute, whenever it was, was the furthest player forward. Yeah, well, he on was that run, left, didn't he? Was he playing yeah. left, he, well, <laughs> he had that run, didn't he, where A V B played him left back quite a lot, didn't yeah, yeah. he? Just just purely because he was left footed. That's the only yeah, reason. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Bale just tore Ferdinand the new one. And do you remember yeah. was it three nil a few years ago with a Kane amazing header from a corner? Yeah. And then Mora coming on and scoring two goals. Yeah, that, yeah. that was pretty and, good. You know United had Mourinho at that point. That's it. And he had and, a meltdown in his press conference, didn't he? Saying free, have respect, have won three titles. It wasn't three nil, it was three titles to me, you know. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> That six one during lockdown, that was that was the one, wasn't it, when Man United just fell apart. That was yeah. that was great days. That's a that weird was game. Great. That was Lamella at his best, wasn't it? Um mad fixture list because we Man United have just played Newcastle, who we play. They've just played Everton, who we play. It's not that interesting, but it is interesting. But yeah, so we've got Man United. I'm more worried about Newcastle, to be honest. Um yeah. they're fifth and sixth in the league. I just think they'll rush us. Um, they've only won three games and they've drawn six, so they haven't lost in a while, but I just I worry more about Newcastle than this game. The Newcastle game will be very very cagey and tight because it's all you've almost got two teams that are very similar in their in their style of play. I think there's a lot of talk that Newcastle play all this free flying football, but I don't think they do. I think they they play a lot of 
fast transition counter-attack football. Mm. And they've got Almiron, who's having a great season. Yeah, Sam yeah. Maximam, obviously Wilson up top. Like There's a lot of pace of that. They soak up pressure as well. So it'd be quite interesting to see when we do come up against them, like actually what team is going to have the ball. It's almost like you've got two teams that are better off when, when the opposition's got the ball. Um, they're having a great season, Newcastle. Eddie Howe's done such a good job since he's gone in there. Mm. Um, and obviously it'll be um, Trippier as well, who is now England's first choice right back as well, which that's is great. just, you know, everything that's happening there. Like Nathaniel Klein will be going soon when he the right back injuries that England are getting. Um, but, I'm, I, you know, like I said, I'm confident for the United game. Like, and it's it's very rare that when, when you've got United at Old Trafford that I think that there's a chance of anything other than us getting beat. But it's probably the most confident I've been for a while going there. Yeah, yeah. All right. Good. Uh, I've got a few players where we can do their clubs, if you want. Love it. Because I know, I know you don't love this, Chris, but we can work together. Um, so I've got well, a list. You've got they the did answer, this. to be fair, so it's not really <laughs> well, fair not, When Jack. I said we, we the, yeah, you and Jack. Uh, I've got a few of the older ones who were sort of playing for Spurs in the 90s. Early t- can I just say that they, they played this game on TalkSport this morning and they did three players and I hadn't even heard of two of the players. Like normally, like they'll do the career path and they'll say and you'll be like, oh yeah, that was a toughie. I'd never even heard their names before. So it have, must be easier than that. Yeah, you would have heard heard of... Um, There's a players. whole TikTok account where all they do is this. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, interestingly, so this, I'll tell you this interesting fact afterwards. Uh, he started playing for Lay Welfare. Um, then he played, started his career proper at Wrexham. Not a Welshman. Before you have a go, moved here we to, go. Moved to Millwall, <laughs> then moved to Crystal Palace, then moved to Tottenham Hotspur, then he went to Bolton Wanderers for a year but didn't play, and finished his career at Wrexham, which I, I didn't know this. It's Chris Armstrong. What a shout, Chris Armstrong. It's just the Palace to Spurs, and that was around my era, to be fair. Very good. So he grew up in North Wales and um, he was tracked by Wales, Nigeria and Republic of Ireland, but didn't play. He got called up for England, but never played. Is he still Crystal Palace's top goal scorer in the Premier League? I mean, were a club record until Wilf surpassed him four years ago. But good knowledge. I just whenever I think of Chris Armstrong, he's just got his head's been cracked open in the game. He's got a bandage around him. And it's like, I don't know if that happened yeah. a lot or if it just happened once and I was just at the game and remember it. But whenever I think Chris Armstrong, that's the image. So we, he replaced Klinsman in 95. And the funds came from a new kit deal and sales of Klinsman, Popescu and Dimitrescu, making him our most expensive signing ever. Plus four and a half million quid, didn't he, if I remember correctly. Yeah, great knowledge. Yeah. I don't know why I've got so, so much Chris Armstrong knowledge. It's oh, quite sad, good. actually. Um, his story, isn't it? That's I saw it quite thing. recently. And um, yeah, he's not in a good way, is he, with his mental health and stuff? No, he caused two grounds of damage in Tesco and Chelsea. Just, I think they shut, didn't they? And he wanted to buy cigarettes and he just kicked the door in a little bit. Just a bit of an idiot. Um, next one, we have started his life at Stoke City. Then moved to Tottenham. And from Tottenham, he went on loan to Manchester United. Right. <laughs> uh, then he went to West Bromwich Albion and Charlton Athletic. On loan to Man United. 
might not have played though. He played so, seven Stoke times. Stoke. What sort of era are we talking about, ASD? Uh, the years he played for Tottenham, 1980 to 1985, so a little bit before. Oh, okay. So we won two Stoke. FA Cups with us. Stoke. Oh, Garth Crooks. Garth Crooks, two in a row. Is that where he's right, from? Where's yeah, he he's from? from Stoke. Yeah, 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 that was the, yeah. And he played at Man United in his loan spell. Yeah, seven points. That seven is, what, he must have had an unbelievable agent. Rumoured to be the first black player to score in the FA Cup final, which is pretty pretty. Why sure. is it a rumour? Shouldn't rumored, it? Yeah. Is there no is there no way of verifying that? Well, it's because it's on Wikipedia and it says frequently credited, but then it also says oh, right. it's predated by these people and the citation needed. So I, you know, that's fair, why. Fair. Right then, uh, he is, started his career at Tottenham Hotspur. He went on loan to Oxford United and Ipswich Town before going to Leicester City and Bolton Wanderers. He's managed Bishop Stortford and he's currently the goalkeeping coach. It's not Johnny Jackson, is it? It's not Johnny Jackson. He's currently the goalkeeping coach at Shanghai SIPG. What what again? What era are we look? What what kind of years? So he played for at? Tottenham, nineteen eighty nine to two thousand and one. Yes. Two hundred and fifty nine appearances. Wow. He, my first Tottenham kit was mainly worn by this person, but I didn't have his name on the back, so that should be a big clue. Well, he's got to be a goalkeeper, isn't he? If he's a goalkeeping coach. I had the green pony. Oh, Ian Walker then. Ian Walker. Yeah. He I managed didn't know Bishop he managed Bishop Stortford. <laughs> that's only up the road for me really yeah um yeah and he's married his bolton it married joined his bolton teammate nicholas nelker at shanghai shenhua that would have um, been a plot twist yeah <laughs> but he's he's just been in shanghai for years just loves it shanghai that's a great city um next one i was about to read his name right i think we've actually done him so we started at norwich city um then he moved to Newcastle United. Then he moved to Tottenham Hotspur. Then he moved to West Bromwich Albion again. He managed Witten United, and he also managed an international country, which is, which would just give it away. Oh, we have Norwich. done this before. Norwich, Newcastle, Spurs. Rule Fox. Rule Fox, yeah, managed, managed. Montserrat. Montserrat, yeah. That's where he's from, isn't it? That's where he's... That's he's, right. Yeah. It's a volcano, isn't it? Right then, this is a good one. So he started for Rosenberg. Then he moved to Tottenham for seven years. I didn't realise this from 1996. That year's a proper your time, Jack. Is this Leonardson? Nope. No, is it William Causton? Nope. Then he went to Wolves. Then Vararenga. Back to Rosenberg. Palace for a year. Back to Rosenberg. Herd. Hauger. And then Trigg slash Larder, where he was player manager. It wasn't it wasn't Goran Bonjetovic, was it? Two thousand and what, what? Sorry, what year was that? The Spurs he moved ninety six to two thousand and three. Tom Rosenberg, oh, two point three million. One. He made his debut against Coventry City. He won the League Cup oh. with us in nineteen ninety nine. 
And he assisted Baker. Alan Stephen Nielsen. Everson. Stephen Everson. Very good. I didn't know he went to Wolves. I'm not sure I knew he went to Wolves. Oh, no, I can see that now. I'm in that kit. He, he didn't play much. He only played 16 that. times. We played him in the Champions League with Rosenberg. He was all right for us, to be fair, at the time. He was about where we were. Yeah. 30, 36 and 144 games for a striker. He's from Norway. Hence Rosenborg. Yeah, yeah. Cheap enough that we could have fueled him. Next one oh, is... Oh, boo! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Don't tell you. There's a, there's a, a really Oh, we've set him off now, Chris. No, there's a place called Araland Field. If you look it up, it's, re- it's on the corner of a field, and it's this wooden platform halfway up the mountain which is wooden and it curved curves off the end so it looks like you can just walk off it looking over the most beautiful part of the world and um i saw it and i i was trying to be romantic so i booked a flight to oslo so we could go there trying to be you know spontaneous came home told emma i'm awful with travel like awful and uh, i booked it to an airport that was like two and a half hours outside oslo a bit like going to stansted and then um, the actual field was a seven hour train ride from Oslo as well. And then when we got there, we had no money because everything's horrendously expensive. So it was a pretty bad trip. But <laughs> the one day we went to the field was really lovely. So Norway's lovely. Uh, I've uh, got... Before you go on uh, and talking of puns, yesterday was the first in-person Spurs Reach event. Yes. And it was in the stadium before the stadium opened, which was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And it was an incredible lineup of um, panellists. But before the panel, they did like an introduction to Spurs Reach. Then Maya um, did a little bit about Black History Month. And then David, so this is all their committee members. David did like um, a, he wrote a poem about Spurs black history wow. and honestly it was incredible because it was full of puns on players names Amazing. and my favourite bit and I've said to him he has to publish it or do something with it because there was like a powerpoint of pictures behind him the whole time it was brilliant and at one point he said we started at seven sisters and now we've got a sister in seven because Jess Naz wears the number seven it was brilliant with a picture of Jess Naz behind him and it was just that the whole way along and then it was a panel hosted by Troy Townsend of AJ Tracy, Amazing. Ledley King, Chris Powell, and Rebecca Walker, who does Spurs, t- who does like um yeah, like yeah. all the content stuff on for Spurs. And it was a really good conversation and a really good way to spend a couple of hours in the morning. So oh, brilliant! What a panel! I know, panel. It was incredible. Yeah. Oh, and I was talking to AJ Tracy at the beginning because what? That is cool. Mean? That's the coolest one you've had. <laughs> And he was, and there were these two guys with him. We were, we were having a chat, and he's like, "Oh, he's a Spurs fan, but he's a, he's a Chelsea fan." And the guy who was a Spurs fan was Canadian. And I was like, "Oh," and he's like, "Oh, he's my photographer because, of course, if you're AJ Tracy, you have a photographer who follows you around, takes photographs, makes content for your social media because you know when you've got that many millions of followers." And uh, it turns out that he poached him from Drake. He met him in Canada. Wow. He was Drake's wow. photographer. And he poached him. Wow. And I gave them all a proud Lily White's badge and made the Chelsea fan put it on. That is cool. Which I enjoyed. Good work. I bet Good you work. That. Yeah. The um it's worth listening to the AJ Tracy track, False Nine. There's some great lyrics in there. Um I used to hold up the line like Puyol, bet you thought I was gonna say dire. Uh, I chased checks like a bummy ang. That was a good one. I'm a midfield maestro like Eri. I bet you thought I was gonna say Modric. There's what was the other one? Um tech like onoma sick like cholera uh, just it's just great 
And uh, the other thing I would recommend actually of his, as that's not his music, is, and I know I bang on about this, is the High Performance Podcast. And his... With Jake. <laughs> the AJ, yeah, I know it's that, but the one with AJ Tracy was actually really good. I listened to that. I haven't listened. I haven't listened. There's so many podcasts. I wish I could just cut Tim Ferriss, Joe Rogan for certain guests. Like, I just cut the host out. Some of the guest stuff is really good. Yeah. You could not agree more. Right. Um, <laughs> this one. Just cut all the hosts out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just have a peaceful silence. The white noise. <laughs> <laughs> That's my noise. Uh, I got three more. Um, Shakhtar Donetsk, Dynamo Kiev, which is Ukrainian. Tottenham Hotspur went to Fenerbahce on loan. Sergei Rebrov. Sergei Rebrov or Sergei St- Stanislavovich Regrov. Um, very good. He's in charge of UAE league side Al Ain. So this one, a bit more recent, same age as me. Uh, he started his team at Ajax. I mean, this is easy. Ajax came to Tottenham. Benfica. Jan Vertonghen. Jan Vertonghen. Sorry, I don't know why I did that one. But I love <laughs> that man. I still love that man. Yeah, brilliant player. Very much. All right. Uh, last final one. AJS Wazems. Doesn't even have a link on Wikipedia. Uh, Lille. Mouscon. Oh, this is a youth youth career. Sorry, Dunkirk, and then Tottenham Hotspur. Then he went to Schalke on loan, played for Schalke. He moved to Schalke, then went played for the second team at Schalke. Then moved to Newcastle United on loan, and went played Bentaleb. Bentaleb. I totally forgot that he went to Newcastle on loan. I got it from Dunkirk. That was why. (laughs) I saw your eyes light up. I thought he was really good. I thought he was going to be that. They said he had a massive entourage, didn't he? Yeah, we got got about 15 million for him as well, didn't we, when we sold him? A huge amount of money, yeah. 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 Or was it one of my favourite things you've ever said on the podcast? The Kane header. Yeah. Ventilab, the keys to North London. Yeah. Do you remember that? The keys to North London. Yeah, Yeah, that was... That was... in terms of how mental I've gone in a in the ground, that one, that Kane's header. Yeah, that was up it, there. Yeah, because that was his first North London derby. He scored the corner, didn't he? After we went one nil down. Mm. And then that that was unbelievable. Oh, we haven't talked about Sonny's goal. I, that's one of the best goals I've seen him ever score. Underrated. Just, really well, that, underrated. That volley. Goal. That volley. Yeah. Jeez. Oof. Yeah. Oof. Oof. Yeah, yeah. So I wanted to watch it again. I got my Twitter account suspended because of that goal. Because oh at the end, at the end of the game, I just videoed it off the screen because it was so good. And they showed it three times from three different angles. And I just said, "So good, you have to watch it three times." And then I got home and opened Twitter, and my account was suspended. And I had to like press some buttons saying, "I accept you. I accept that I, I don't yeah. know, like um, breached the copyright." Um, and then I could have it back. I mean, Twitter's got bigger problems they should be sorting out. Right? <laughs> how, how can they be verifying that? Yeah. And yet That's all the, the other stuff that goes That's on. That's the thing I always say is like they can't understand any kind of racism, discrimination and other sort of hate speech. But the minute you, um, co- but that, I guess that's because they've got a really good um, deal with FIFA to do it. That's exactly it. FIFA, if- it's the FIFA that pays them to do it. That's exactly right? it. That's exactly it. But it's that argument of 
but it spreads the game because FIFA aren't getting much money from the highlight or UEFA or or get or the FA getting much money from the highlights they put out. Like there's a really really good rugby commentator called Squidge Rugby who's really worth watching, and they keep on taking his videos down because he 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 analyzes games. But everybody gets ten times more out of rugby because of it. It's a bit like those those luxury brands which I'm working with who they go out and hunt for the um, fakes because actually some of the fakes help them um, spread the message. So I, I don't know. It, yeah, because just, I think the Premier League have stopped bothering with that. Yeah, yeah. Because it just creates like better buzz around their products That's all over the world, right? That's what I'm saying. And that is all they care about, the product. So yeah. Uh, any other business? No? It's quite an easy one because it was two sort of like... The Everton game was great. They were a relegation team last year. We're in the Champions League. We should be beating them, but it felt like a bigger performance. It felt like one that we needed as well. We found like we needed Doherty to play really well. We needed to keep that clean sheet to have a largely error-free performance to control the game, but with a bit of attacking intent. Frankfurt, proper Spursy game under the lights. It just felt like a good Tottenham week, you know, long isn't, may it continue. Isn't this the best start to a Premier League season we've had, were they saying today? And yeah. if you compare, we are way beyond... Um, Pochettino's in terms of points per game uh, Pochettino's first 38 and the best that we were only a couple of points behind where we were in his best ever run of 38 games so we're, we're doing really we're really really we're level really, on points with City who have played one game less than us but the point remains we uh, have they have they played one game less or was yeah. their loss at Liverpool have they um but it's a, it's been a great start and I think we'll all agree that we've maybe we've all felt that we've not been at our scintillating best either so far and it's like we've we've been able to dig results out without really properly clicking so it, it does it. give you encouragement for the second half of the season as well especially like when you see some of the sides really struggling like i know obviously liverpool have just beaten city which might kick start a run for them but we're about we're 10 points in front of liverpool already aren't we i think so it's like yeah you know we're setting ourselves up for a really really good opportunity to again cement ourselves in that top four mm. I was a bit disappointed to see the other lot manage to eke out a win today. They will crumble. Don't you worry about that. They're I didn't, watch, I didn't watch it though, to be fair. So I don't know, like what's what, like what the game was like. It's their no. title to lose now. That's all. That's what we can say. You know, yeah, when, yeah, when yeah. it does fall apart. But the, to be fair to Arsenal, though, um, you do have to give them a bit of credit because, granted, like, but they 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 they're where they are. Do you know what I mean? They've had nine wins out of ten. It's like. Mm. Fair play to them. They have been the best side so far this season. But as we all know, we're you know we're not we're, we're about a quarter of the way through the season. There's a lot of football to go. And the year that we sat Mourinho, when we were top, weren't we? After a dozen yeah. games, so it's like it can all change quite quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm really I, happy with how we've started. I was really proud of that banner. The proud was it the proud Lily Whites put up the um where we North London stands with yeah. Kaya Saka. I thought that was a really good thing yeah. that we needed to do. Yeah, and actually that's been, by all accounts, I've had a few messages this weekend because obviously it's the um, like the fortnight they've dedicated to the No Room for Racism campaign and I think that's been in the um, in the comms, which is nice. And Chris Powell talked about it yesterday, which made me really proud too. Because yeah, he said that, you know, because he talked, because obviously he's on the England coaching team. So he talked about being in the dressing room, just him and Saka, after the Euros final. And he said to him, have you told your family you're all right? He said, because if I was your dad, I'd just want to hear that you're all right. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, there was, I mean, it was like the conversation was brilliant yesterday. Like got to that 
that level of kind of detail from from Chris Powell, for example. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was really good. Good. All right. Let's, right. Uh, not this one on the head. I'll see you uh, in a week. Thank you. Any other, anything else you want to say? No. Good. No. Um, nope. No. Nope. Um, Just let's make sure that we're referring to him as Hoibs from Hoibs. now on. Boys. Yeah, I might up for Hoibs. If we want to get a hashtag, little hashtag going, then you know, by all means, we should. Hoibs, man of the match. I think, yeah. Hoibs. Shout out to Hoibs. Right. Well, thank you. Always lovely and a pleasure to see you too. And uh, don't forget, whatever happens, the future's bright. The future's really white. Come on, you Spurs. I always thought there was very, very many people interested in football, and I always thought that football was a very important game, but I never realized until today just how important it is. Whether the Wonder Boys of White Hart Lane are or are not the team of the century can't possibly be more than a matter of opinion. Well, they're the finest team in Great Britain, and one of the best in the world. We are about the glory of the game. We are about playing with style. We are Tottenham Hotspur. The curve of the ball, the billow of the net, the beating of the trap and the picking of the lock, the swiftness of thought, the lightness of touch. We are Ginola, Greaves, Klinsman. We are the collective gasp, the intake of breath, the flick, the trick, the 30-yard free kick. We are Hoddle, Mabbott and King. We are the lob, the chip, the dummy and the volley. We are the hat trick, the scissor kick. We are Bill Nick. That is schoolboy's own stuff. We are the outside of the boot, the inside of the net, and those seconds that last forever. Van der Vaart to level it up. Raphael van der Vaart, 2-2! It's quite a game, isn't it always? We are Jennings, Defoe and Perryman. Glory past, glory future. What was, what is, what's next? We are Blancheflower, Ardelis, and Bale. We are about winning with a flourish. We are about winning with style. We are about the glory of the game. Daring to try, daring to risk, daring to dream. To dare is to do.